0: You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider.
1: When you try to fill the (laughs) shoes of the almighty Brandon Jaggers, that's like putting on a pair of 15-size shoes when you only wear 10s.
0: Brandon Jaggers.
1: Why why does this Brandon Jaggers name sound for me? Does he work janitorial over on the front side?
0: (laughs) and me, C.C. us.
1: But what does he actually do? I mean, you know, what is he, other than, you know, being one of the hosts on your show? I'm not really sure.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode number 130. This is the Auxiliary Gate podcast, a Kentucky-related racing podcast, and I'm CC. us and I'm joined by Alan Schneider on my left. Alan, how are you doing?
1: I'm um, great. Uh, he's kidding, folks. Not necessarily on his left. We're in three different spots, but uh, went back to work today. I'm in my uh, flannel pajama pants like most middle-aged men this time of night and tired, but we are going to drill this bad boy out
0: and on my right my hypothetical right brandon jaggers
2: hey yo hey oh uh, you know another day in the life of baby and rushing around and scheduling and listening to your wife i will say the most exciting thing that's happened sarah clay my wife took the bench of circuit court today amazing so it was a really really big deal
1: Amazing. I hear you may be up for speaker at the Speaker of the House in DC. Yeah.
0: He's not even Speaker of his house.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. So I guess you're <clears throat> sorry. Yeah.
2: I'm in charge of trash, cardboard, breaking down, uh and other trash related duties.
1: Well, trash related duties right up your alley up there. So we'll see if she can <laughs> you out.
0: CC? I want to give an update on my cat. I have I have two cats in the house. Uh, one's a female, and I think she's less than nine months old. I think she's in heat, and uh, yeah, so she's there's four signs your cat is in heat according to this post that uh, Amanda has sent me: Flirt- flirtatious and extra affectionate behavior, rubbing and rolling on the floor. Sounds like a night with me. Extreme vocalizing, yelling as if in pain. That's also a night with me. Mm-hmm. Raised hindquarters, raised hindquarters, and moving the tail from side to side. This is exactly describes what I'm experiencing with my cat.
1: Oh, your cat! Oh, your cat! I got you.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that would be me in my 20s. Maybe not so much nowadays. But. so you can get her hooked up. It, do you would you, either one of you interested in uh, adopting a cat?
1: I've ever told you my cat story. No, no, that's my, I got a, I got attacked by my aunt's cat when I was like six years old. i am still scarred to this day. Uh, You know, nothing against them, but they're, they're not my thing. And my wife knows we have dogs. We've, we've always had dogs because of it. So no, I'm out.
0: I'd rather have a dog to be honest, but I mean, these cats kind of came here. They, they just, somebody dropped them and out of the blue here, here they are. So
1: no, thanks sorry
0: man i don't know I, I just don't want this house to turn into intercourse island
1: <laughs> yuck
0: right Mhm. all right so we we've uh turned the calendar to another year uh recording this on january 3rd 2023 uh before we get to our guest uh guys want to uh Maybe reminisce on the on the year that was 2022. Any any uh, moments that stuck out to you personally in the, in oh, the sport?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I, the time uh, that one day where um, I think it was Derby Day when I uh, you know Bob wasn't allowed in the in the track, so me and him and Jill and Brody or Bodie, I just hung out at that bar out there, um, Bob Afford of course at that bar over there on Taylor Boulevard. The VFW. Uh, Another VFW, the one that are Barry and Taylor, that little—that's where we watched. There, we all hung out. there. They're really wow. good people. Uh, we hang out. I had to buy all day, but uh, I mean that was were a lot there,
0: of fun. Were you there when I got struck by lightning?
1: Huh?
0: Or are we talking about two different bars?
1: No, no. My bar's fictitious. So obviously, I didn't hang out with uh, Mr. Baffrick, but uh, no, did you get struck by lightning at a bar?
0: Really? No. But it, no, I'm thinking of the one on Longfield, Longfield and Taylor Boulevard.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I think you're thinking. That's where Brandon stuff. hangs out. Yeah, probably
0: struck by an STD or
2: something, but no, <laughs> I don't know about lightning.
1: In all seriousness, I would say because at the end of the day, I say this all the time, it's like you know my triumphs and losses. That's that's one thing. I, I'm not concerned about that. I'll do fine. I'd say the highlight for the year was watching uh, Michelle Lovell win the Saratoga Special. Uh, getting that grade two victory up at, at Saratoga, to me, that that's a no-brainer for us. Uh, knowing what a great person she was, how she had the horse, it was her time and watching her win that race. Her name going in the record books up there at one of the, the, the country's most legendary tracks, hands down for me. I would put Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby at those incredible odds with that incredible ride and incredibly pissing people off for no reason. Was was second, but I would say Michelle taking the Saratoga Special would be would be up there.
0: Take it away, Brandon.
2: Yeah, I you know I, I for my personally I I enjoyed the Oaks this year a lot. Of uh, course. I, I hit the Superfecta in the Oaks, so that made me feel special with a really discounted ticket. But it also made me forced. You're forced to play a dollar Superfecta none of that chump change, those dimes out there. So I'm glad I did that that covered my my winnings or uh, covered my play for the entire week. But, you know, at the same time, I thought kind of the the story horse of the year that really didn't do anything wrong was Epicenter. And then to go off and get hurt in the Breeders' Cup Classic, I thought was really sad. I thought I thought that horse was really good. But I, I honestly I, I tended to like the female, uh, you know, the Phillies. Uh, that division more than I did kind of the, the Colts this year, which is kind of unique. And I'm still disappointed in Churchill's not having the grass. I thought that's, I mean, golly, just get that back. It's such a, such a loss, but uh, you know, every track has its druthers and uh, Ellis, I still am not, not fond of. I am much more fond of Turfway Park, but that's kind of my highlights of the year. I liked seeing Malathat come back. Um, I didn't care, you know, Flightline just never, it was a beautiful horse, great horse. Did I pick him out from day one and follow him? No, you know, he's <laughs> California based. So, you know, you got, I guess Country Grammar's probably the highest earning horse that year, but I, I can't tell you, I got excited about watching him either. So I like Ness, Secret Oath um i didn't care for jackie's warrior ever <laughs> and i liked mouth that a lot i thought mouth was a beautiful filly so or now in mayor but uh those are kind of my highlights overall betting i thought i did okay you know missed some okay. scores and i really appreciate farmington road
1: <laughs> yeah, there you happy go. Oh. That, day.
0: that was a hell of a strike get out of here with that <laughs> take a hike yeah cc how about you pal i mean i I echo all sentiments i I, i'm on a different side of the fence with Flightline. i thought his pacific classic was that was one of the most breathtaking moments i've experienced in a long time uh watching him win the pacific classic that that it was a draw jaw dropper and then getting to see him in the uh, the breeder's cup i got uh, gifted a ticket to the breeder's cup both days and I, i enjoyed that a lot uh before we uh before we uh, change gears any disappointments this year I, i'll lead off i thought kentucky downs was a uh, the the in the on track experience was a disappointment and i'm going to focus a lot of my ire of 2023 on on getting getting them set straight because i just don't like uh uh i just don't like their setup i don't like being that's a great uh, point forced down down at the quarter pole uh for you know where you're not part of the part of the action i just i'd rather stay at home and i enjoyed going to kentucky downs but uh.
1: i enjoy the racing but you're on point you're on point and that is not cool it's just let's put it let's call it what it is it's not cool uh i didn't go this year because i wasn't going to put up with that Uh, i know more about this game i don't put a ton of money in it like some people do but i put enough where i should be relegated and not just myself any of people like that to such third class citizenry correct um, I would echo those sentiments wholeheartedly. Get the shit together. That's a bunch of crap. I support you, tracks. I will not support you if you continue to do that. You are correct on that.
0: Brandon, outside of your wagering this year, is there any other thing, anything else that stands out?
2: Uh, in horse racing, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I've had I had a, a baby. Of, I had a lot of distractions this year. So, and I don't disagree with you that Flyline Pacific Classic was a great race. I just I've been preoccupied since about June, <laughs> you know, with my wife's, uh, just campaign that run lost my dad, uh, to cancer. I've had to reposition my mother, you know, just a lot of stuff. So that's about all I got. I kind of, I'm ready for 2023 to be, uh, reasonable
0: and a lot more enjoyable.
1: This got modeling.
0: We're looking forward to at least two podcasts with you in the coming year.
1: <laughs> at least
2: two. <laughs> There's a fight just to get on tonight, but I'm here and I'm excited to hear our guest.
0: All right. Well, let's turn our attentions to her right now and uh, I will do the honors. You know, we should rename this segment probably like Meet the Person that's on the program or something like that. Cause one of the best things about this podcast for us, we get to meet people that normally we would never, ever, ever get to, to hang out with or, or have a conversation with. And uh, this session is no different. Uh, our guest this evening is a trainer, but she also wears many other hats on and off the track, including social media influencer, which we will get into later. <laughs> She has worked under some of the best trainers in the game. I understand Rusty Arnold, Larry Jones, Mark Cassie, and Todd Pletcher. Uh, these days, working for herself now, she finds herself in the Winter Circle often on the Kentucky circuit, most recently with a horse named Dream Traveler at Turfway in December. We're talking about none other than Karen Wittick. Karen, how are you this evening?
3: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Doing well. Uh, Karen, uh, I understand you live close to, uh, uh, you live in Oldham County, right? Yes. La, La Grange. Yep.
3: Okay. Lagrange At High Point.
0: So, uh, where are you based? Where's, where, where do you keep your horses?
3: Mostly at High Point, but this spring I'm going to look to branch out. I have quite a few Indiana breds. So I'm, I applied for stalls last year and I didn't get approved because with the, uh, Chicago circuit you know with Arlington closing down a lot of the Chicago trainers went to Indiana and so they didn't have a lot of stalls available so I'm going to try to get some stalls at Indiana and maybe apply for some either at trackside or or um, turfway just to kind of split the string up a little bit
0: you split the string. Now, would you travel back and forth uh, to, to Indiana, to Louisville, or split your week up? So, I mean, how, how would you handle that?
3: Yeah, I'd just split my week up, maybe spend a couple days there and a couple days here.
0: How many How many horses do you care for right now?
3: I care for quite a few, but the yeah. ones that I have in training, I have 12 in training.
0: Have 12 in training. And you see maybe some more on the way or Indiana Hopefully. breads?
3: Hopefully, Hopefully, it'll be nice to pick up a couple couple more clients or some more horses for my clients. But um, I've got some young Indiana breds. I've got a yearling of my own while well, he's a two-year-old now. So, I just like to have them stabled at the track they're going to race at. You know, it gives you a little bit more of an advantage than when we... Coming from high point, it's kind of hard to win first time out with a horse that's never really seen the track or... You know, mm-hmm. you might ship them up once or twice, but they're still looking around a lot. And just race state's very different.
0: Tell us about High Point. I think uh, I think Billy Denzik used to be out there. Maybe Jeff. He hiles. Was. Yeah. Yep.
3: And Jeff hiles keeps his horses out there. Steve Dunn is out there. Um, Brian Waltz has he's got a lot of horses out there. He's probably got the biggest operation out there. I think he's around 70. You know, he fluctuates because he breaks a lot of babies for other trainers and sends them out. um pat huffman's there is that
0: a synthetic track only
3: we have three tracks at high point there's a quarter mile indoor there's a it's like between a half mile five eighths uphill gallop that's synthetic it's poly the old poly track and we're supposed to be getting the poly track from arlington this month and and they're going to redo the poly track uphill and then it's a dirt three quarters dirt
0: main track okay so i I suppose you used the uh, or made good use of the uh, the indoor track last week uh, around christmas right
3: (laughs) i did not train when it was that cold okay (laughs) and the horses were fresh they had about three or four days off with the cold weather
0: okay so you know when a horse maintain it's wild (laughs) wednesday can a horse maintain its fitness uh, even yeah. though having three or four days off
3: yeah the thing that you really have to worry about them having um the the time off is maybe tying up a lot of times so it's real important to cut their feedback and um sometimes you can it depends on horses that are racing like i had Bodiful full and hemp heaven racing that week so i didn't want to give them any Tranquilizer, like usually we'll give them a little bit of liquid Ace or something to help calm them down, so that they don't tie up. But I had to deal without it um, with those two. But uh, luckily nobody tied up. We didn't have any incidences I survived the couple days. I was cursing quite a bit, but <laughs> I survived.
0: I can imagine. So where are you from originally?
3: Staten Island, New York.
0: Wow. Okay. So how did you wind up getting into the to the industry?
3: my dad likes to gamble and bet the races. And he always would take us to the track as kids. And I was just obsessed with the horses. So he would take us to Monmouth all the time. And, uh, I would just go head straight to the paddock and I'd stay at the paddock all day, petting the pony horses and watching the race horses walk around while he bet. And that was like my favorite memories as a kid were Monmouth park. And I just always wanted to be a jockey, but when I was about 10, I was taller than most of the whole jockey colony at Mamas. So I decided that probably wasn't going to happen. And uh, I looked into training.
0: Uh, now, you had to stop along the way with, uh, 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 do you take a, like an equine management degree or something like that at, at, in college? I
3: did. Yeah, I went to SUNY Cobleskill, upstate New York, and I okay. got a thoroughbred management degree. And because I didn't know anybody in the racing industry, and New York is a little bit tougher to try and get on the backside, I didn't I didn't know what I was supposed to do, and you know you have to be licensed, and so they got me um, an internship with Rusty Arnold, the one my first after my first year of college, they got me an internship there, and I made connections, and then when I graduated the next year, then I just called up the people that I knew and got licensed in New York, and uh one of the kids that that I went to school with his dad was the starter at Belmont um Dave Duncan Mm -hmm. and so I went up to him at Belmont because my house wasn't too far from Belmont and I said I want to learn how to gallop can you point me in the direction like who should I go to and he's like oh go over here to Todd Pletcher he's got 100 head of horses he's got you know he's got horses at every racetrack he's got tons of babies you can learn on so that's what I did. He walked me up to Todd Fletcher and I was like, hi, Mr. Pletcher. I'd like to learn to gallop. And he was like, do you ride show horses? And I said, yeah. And he's like, all right, you can start tomorrow. Go up to Saratoga. Damn. Huh. <laughs> I started, I, I, they used to laugh at me cause I never turned around. I just jogged. I would jog everything in the barn. <laughs> just I never, I never went the right way in gallop. <laughs> I just jogged 10 horses a morning, but it was so- awesome. Cause I got to ride some really cool horses.
0: Could you could you name a few that you rode?
3: I remember sitting on Pollard's Vision. Um, nice. I remember this horse, Value Plus, Irish Road, mm-hmm. Balto Star. But mm-hmm. I would just jog them, you know. Just, and I just remember thinking, if I fall off, like these horses are worth more than my life right now. <laughs> just stay I on. Remember,
0: Value Plus had a big buzz at Saratoga. I remember that he was a two- on one on debut. One on debut, yeah. I'm in mean, his win
3: th- photo.
1: Oh really? oh, really? One of my yeah,
3: first wind cool. photos. I have it in my, my basement.
0: I know he outworked a, a Pletcher three year old that had a big reputation. So, <laughs> value plus, yeah, he was, he and it oh, turned out to be a pretty decent player. Yeah, big gray horse, right? And yeah. I
1: want to say did started. Baltel started win the Jim Beam or something. I, I want, He won one of the big turfway stakes.
0: That's right. He won yeah. the Jim Beam back in yeah. the day at Turfway. It was
3: kind of before, like, it was before really cell phones back then. And right. so like, I didn't really take as many pictures, but I do have some pictures and I just like, I'm looking at these pictures. And I'm like, I don't remember who this is that I'm on. I wish I would have taken better, you know, yes. taken better records of who I was on.
0: Yeah. So what was it like working for Pletcher? Was it a, like a difficult regimen? I mean, it, w- were they fairly buttoned up or.
3: They are very organized. Everything is very organized. It's a well-run ship there. And Todd amazed me because I remember there was like, he, you know, he's got a string. He had a string at Belmont. He had a string at Saratoga. He had a sh- string at Monmouth and, you know, hundreds of others. And Todd, he would come in and he would go, this horse is supposed to train with back bandages. Why doesn't he have his back bandages on? Or this horse gets a tongue tie. And I'm like, how does he know this? Yeah. Like, yeah. What does he remember? Yeah. But. A lot of those big trainers, they're that way. I mean, their, their memory is just insane. They don't miss a beat.
0: That's incredible. When they, you know, they're in charge of 200 horses, probably 250, something like that. I
3: think he probably had more than that. Maybe, I think maybe more. He had that. like 90 at Saratoga at the time that he, <laughs> you know, it's crazy.
0: What was Saratoga like?
3: Saratoga is amazing, and especially being in college, it's just a straight party. The whole time. (laughs) Tell us about that. All the superstars of racing show up there and everybody parties pretty much every night. I couldn't hang and I was in college.
0: So So how did you party when you when you had to be at the track at early in the morning? Is that I mean, is that something uh, everybody deals with? Just
3: go straight through.
0: Oh, my (laughs) (laughs) God. I
3: remember, I remember being with a friend of mine who was in the same college program and we were out all night and we were like, well, it's like an hour till we have to start work, you know, 430 in the morning. So do we just stay up or do we sleep for 30 minutes? And I remember we just, we stayed up and we went straight to work, walked our horses and then slept all afternoon. Uh huh.
0: Could you do a good job? I mean, after uh, after a night like that, I mean, what, did it affect your work? I was a work? hot
3: walker at that time, so it okay. didn't really matter. But okay. but uh, I definitely wasn't galloping at that time.
0: Uh, also worked for Larry Jones, right?
3: I loved working for Larry. Larry's such a good horseman.
0: Where where were you in? Uh, or what what uh, what track were you at working for him? Churchill. I to, okay.
3: Um, I was galloping salary for Jinx fires and, um, I would freelance for Larry. I got you. And he's just, he's such a good horseman. I really liked working for him. That's quite a lot. The him. Did you get on yeah. the Oaks
1: winner yet? And, uh, uh, spell, proud spell, any chance? No, oh. no, that
3: was after me and eight bells was before me. So, okay. okay. I wasn't around any of them. I remember, um, was it, uh, heart,
1: he had heart spun in the barn. Yes. Second in the Derby. Yeah. How grace? Yeah. had Havada grace? I don't know if run around. Yes. Ran around
3: and here. I actually broke, oh. I broke babies for the woman that bred that mare. Wow. So that was really cool being around wow. her. I never got to get on her or anything, but I got some pictures taken with her. <laughs>
0: Karen, yep. your Twitter handle is cranky seven <laughs> two nine. Is there anything we should infer into that?
3: It's a nickname my mom gave me as a little girl. Okay. <laughs> did, did you earn? That. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do you earn it? it what about today? You still the nickname still fit?
3: She still calls me crank. Okay. Crank or cat. <laughs> and that was so, like my original AOL name, so I just kept it.
0: <laughs> so I looked at your TikTok profile. Uh-huh. And I, I got to say, your game is pretty prolific. Uh, you've got <laughs> a, a few of your posts have garnered millions of views. Uh, how did that come about?
3: I wanted to find a platform that I could just make vi- like post videos of my horse's breezing and add some music to it to send to my owners. Because a lot of times you take videos and you hear all these people talking about the same stupid stuff in the background or and I, I just kind of wanted to muffle them out and just put some music to it. And a young girl, uh, Electra Boone, was working for me at the time. And I was like, Electra, like, I've seen that you're on this app. How do I do this? And she was kind of, like, explaining it to me. And so I got on and I made a couple videos and kind of played around with it. And then a friend of mine was uh, out at the barn one day. And I was like, here, get some video of me riding. I said, let's just do, like, little snippets and, and kind of make it artsy-fartsy. And in the one clip, the first clip, I was putting a tongue tie on a filly, and that blew up. Like, all these people, oh, what do you do to that horse? That's oh. horrible. It's so abusive. And all you people do is abuse those race horses. And so that kind of made me change my account more towards showing people that us race people are not what the media and PETA make us out to be like these horses are loved and cared for way better than any other discipline I've ever seen other than the high level hunter jumpers or you know the yeah. super high level but I mean these race horses I mean even at the cheap tracks are cared for way better than any um boarding barn that I go to and people don't see that side of racing
0: uh, one of your videos involves some jockeys i think it's one of one of your most popular <laughs> videos i was curious did you get flack you get any flack from the, some of the some of the riders over there
3: i haven't seen them since <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I hope none of them have TikTok because I didn't think it was going to blow up. They do.
1: Just... I've seen them. They do. Was that it's the one like that got the, the one three million?
3: Never think is going to blow up, blows up. And I was like, I didn't even think it was that funny, but it was just the way they were walking when they came out that day. <laughs> just that song came in my head.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Alan, then why don't you take over?
1: Well, I'm, I'm touching the TikTok thing. You might be shortchanging her a little bit. I had actually checked out. Uh, your page today. You have a new follower, uh, Karen, and myself. Oh, and thanks. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because you certainly need one, because I'm thinking you have more followers than Taylor Swift or Tom Brady. Is that correct? I mean, you got about a quarter million followers, if I looked at that right, Correct. <laughs> For a little
3: while, I had more than my brother, who is a, my brother is a YouTube celebrity. He's a social, well, social media celebrity.
1: I saw him. He's hot, right?
3: He, yeah. And he did not have a TikTok. And then I guess he like made one and he posted like one video. So for like the longest time, I could give him crap because I was, I had more followers than him on one social media platform. But then like he posted like a second video and it was over.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) the reason I, I say he's hot, I'm not, you know, if anybody gets any ideas, one of her videos is about him being, uh, yeah. attractive. That's why I saw that. So, but yeah, quarter million followers. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, do you, are you that way? In other social media channels? No. And way? I
3: can't even figure out Twitter. Like I <laughs> really just don't understand Twitter. <laughs> that quite better.
1: Yeah. That is probably better for your, uh, for your peace of mind. Uh, now, I know your horses. I'm going to surprise you here. I, uh, I've got a bit of a Turfway centric mind. I've got a bit of a Kentucky centric mind. I'm going to name some of these horses off the top of my head of yours. And you tell me if I'm right. These, I think all of them have one for you. All right. You ready? Uh huh. Thirsty Al thirsty. Al's oh, you right.
3: Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, do you want a couple with them? I want to say maybe if you want a couple races with th- is she still Just around or he's one. still around? One Just with one? Him.
3: No, he got in well, I still have him in the, in my field. And he's one of elements racing's horses. And, uh, he got injured breezing one day. We did a nice easy work with him, and he came back a little, a little lame. He had cracked his ses, cracked his sesmoid, chipped his sesmoid. So he's retired from racing. We, we, uh, the owners removed the sesmoid, and he's just rehabbing at High Point. And um, I don't know what we'll do with him if we'll make him a riding horse for somebody. He's just the sweetest horse. He's so cool to ride. anybody, anybody could get on him and ride him around.
1: He's happy. I think me and Lace may still run. Could that correct? She mm-hmm. is
3: actually in the January sale.
1: Oh, really? But are you my impression yep. so far? These are off the top of my head. You're right. I mean, uh, I think Cece mentioned Hemp Heaven, a real nice like fifteen thousand dollar claimer, Hemp Heaven.
3: Yeah, he just ran fourth on last Saturday, uh, New Year's Eve.
1: Up at a big, big second before that, as I recall, off the layoff, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
3: We were
1: trying and it, to steal it. <laughs> and trying to steal it. One, one of the horses that we wanted to talk to you about today, you got a little bit of notoriety for this one, winning a few weeks ago at Turfway. There's a bit of a backstory behind it that's of interest. And, yet, by the way, Declan Cannon, a buddy of ours, rides for you a lot. And he won on this horse with a great ride. It is uh, the aforementioned Dream Traveler. Uh, yep. was, that, was that an allowance race? I know it's like 25, 30 to one that day. It and was a
3: maiden 15, I made believe.
1: 15, okay. Yeah. But there's some backstory to Dream Traveler and it was a great win. Uh, great win for both you and Declan, but maybe you want to give us a little story on, that, on the, the backstory on Dream Traveler? So
3: his owners, the Ritters, they have a breeding farm in Winchester. They're called ledglands Farm. They breed and sell horses. And Shelly one night was, Uh, on Facebook going through those kill pen ads and she saw these two pregnant mares on the, on a website. I think it was a kill pen in Texas. I'm not really sure if it, I think it was somewhere around there, Texas, New Mexico. And they were, you know, on the ad believed to be pregnant. And so of course she buys these mares for like 700 bucks to get them out of the kill pen and uh, she found out the story. It was an old man that had him and bred him. And the stud was a horse that had never raced, but he had some decent breeding. But I don't know why the horse never made it to their racing. So it was pretty much this guy's backyard bred. And he was an old man. So I guess his kids made him get rid of the horse. Because they thought they were going to good homes and they wound up in a kill pen. So Shelly got a hold of them and um, she found a way to ship them back. I think she gave the other mayor to a friend of hers and then she kept Dream Traveler's mom. And she, you know, since he was by a no name stallion and the mayor hadn't done anything, she sent him to Indiana to try and give him a shot at winning something, being an Indiana bred. And so. She sent me a picture of him because I have a couple of horses for them. And we do deals where we work it out where we're like 50-50 ownership. Mm-hmm. So um, she sent me a picture of him. She said, would you be interested in taking this one on? And uh, I looked at a picture of him and I said, well, he's really good looking. Who's he buying? And she's like, nobody out of nobody. He's Indiana bred. And I was like, well, I really like the way he looks. He just had a really nice hip mm-hmm. on him and really nice, really nice body. So I said, I'll try him. And uh, I took him and he just did everything right. He's just such a cool horse. And when we started breezing him, I said, man, this little sucker's pretty quick. And uh, when we got him ready to run, we ran him. I wanted to run him on the grass. He felt like he would like, like turf to me. And there were no Indiana bred races on the grass. So I entered him in an open company race. And he drew the nine hole, which was the outside post. And the horse to the inside of him, which was the eight completely blew the turn going five furlongs on the grass and pushed him pretty much to the receiving barn going around the turn. He lost a bunch of ground. He still ran a good race, but he was just completely knocked out of it from the turn. And then the next two races we had for him were on the dirt and he didn't show us anything. And I was kind of disappointed because I was like, man, he works so good and he feels so good. I can't believe like he's not showing anything in the races. And I was kind of disappointed. So I said, let's try him at Turfway and see if he likes the synthetic, and he really liked it. <laughs> like yes, he, he figured it out.
1: And he got a great ride from Declan, and it had to be, it had to be with with the backstory, knowing where the horse came from, how you guys kind of rescued it, for lack of a better word, I know. Uh, mm-hmm. It had to be even more satisfying, didn't it? It was. It
3: really was. My favorite wins are, are like a good. Well, that was another thing I told Shelly. I said, he's going to be a big racehorse because he's got a good backstory. You have to have a good backstory.
1: True. Very true. I mean, nothing else that got you on this podcast. My God. What, mean, what else do you want? Right?
3: It's amazing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, congratulations.
3: Me and my friend Kendall, Kendall Stewart, who was always helping me, she's a jockey and and she gallops for me out at the farm. And so she always was in love with Dream Traveler. He was like her favorite. And she was like, we would always we would always talk like a big game to We'd be like, we're going to be going to the Breeders' Cup with Dream Traveler. We're going to be living the dream. Travel in the world. It's a good name for him, you know. But we would always call him just we called him Fat Boy at the farm because he's
1: just this little chunky horse. <laughs> I know the feeling. I I I feel where that comes from. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's an dream. awesome. I think that's an awesome story. And what does is he a scheduled? I assume he's got another race coming up, Turfway. It's a horse that you say there. He's got. Like, I'm sure you got nine winners of two coming up or something.
3: I'm gonna enter him in something tomorrow, but it's kind of hard now because he's so young. Yeah. Uh, there's not really many non-winners of twos for him. And with TurfWay only running four days a week, the races are so spread out. So there's a race tomorrow that I'm going to enter, and there's an alternate distance, which would be the distance that I would enter him in. So hopefully it will go. But if not, there's nothing till the end of January.
1: Mm. Well, let me ask you this while we got you. But I'm going to kick over to Brandon here in a second. But with the new TurfWay, we, we we talked last week about what the – for the patrons, with new turf, is like, what's it like on the backside for the trainers and stuff? Are are you happy with what it's, what's going on back there? Or... There's still a
3: lot under construction. Yeah. They built three new barns. I don't know if the barns are ready to move into yet, but they're putting up a big, huge dorm by the receiving barn. And it looks like they're going to be really nice rooms. But other than that, they didn't really change anything. Um, oh, really?
1: still pretty bad. <laughs> <It's> just...
3: <laughs> but the front side looks beautiful.
1: It does. You've been in there. You like it.
3: Yeah, it's really nice. I kind of wish they made a little bit of a spot for um, like trainers and the help to stand that's covered outside because yes. we like to stand outside and watch our horses and they don't really have a spot that's I mean, it's wintertime racing. So like the other day it was raining and everybody's just standing out there getting soaked. You don't want to go inside in the casino area, but.
1: Yeah. So any anybody with turf lawyers well, got some uh, power with this. If you heard what she just said, let's get working on that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I agree with you. I didn't notice get that us an last awning. week. Yeah. Let's get this thing rolling. Plus it gets pretty cold in that pad. We were out there last Wednesday when the fire and it, and the temperature mm-hmm. was dropping and it, it, it howls out pretty good down there and stuff. So I'm with you there. They need a little covered area out there for you guys. Yeah. So Let's let's get working on that. Brandon.
2: Yeah. Hey Karen. Uh, you know, Who's some of the folks that I know who you've kind of worked for in the past and who's kind of brought you along, but who, who has been kind of your left or right-hand person within the barn that's kind of helped you, you know, create the barn as as where, you know, where it is today and, and where do you plan to go in the future? But we always like to give a shout out to some people that have, have been friends or been with you or been in your barn for a long time.
3: Um, I have a groom that's been with me for a couple of years now, my groom Angela's, but, um, yeah, my groom Angela, she's really reliable. She's, she's good help. And then, um, I've got Kendall that helps me gallop a lot and she's, she's just really good. She's, you know, she, she's a hunter jumper girl before she became a jockey and, you know, I trust her and I know, I know she's not going to go out there and just let a horse run off or, you know, she knows when one's got something wrong with it. And, she gives me good input as well.
2: Do you own any racehorses right now yourself, or too just many? Tra- <laughs> <laughs>
3: too many
2: that are in training.
3: I so I have percentages in the, in the ones with the riders. So the Philly Bodiful that ran third the other night, I own a percentage of her, and um we have her sister, her younger sister in training, Buttercup. That I have a, I just have a small percentage of her. And Dream Traveler, I have 45% in him. And then I own my own filly, Pretty Heart. She's my homebred. And I have another homebred. He's a free drop billy. He's Hmm. now a two-year-old Indiana bred. And I have a couple weanlings at my house as well.
2: So do you have a farm where you have to maintain the the homebred mares as well and and their offspring? Tell us about yeah. that. How, how many?
3: I just have a, it's just seven and a half acres. It's really within walking distance of high point, which is so convenient. I had the mayor that I have is a successful appeal mayor that my dad and I bought out of the sale a long time ago. She's, she just turned 15 and, um, she was really nice and really talented, but we got her real cheap because she had a crooked knee and she wound up chipping that knee in her first start. So I retired her and made her a brood mare just because she had such a good attitude. And uh, so I started breeding her and I, I got like, you know, I was kind of just messing around. Somebody gave me a free breeding to a horse. I was in Arkansas at Oaklawn. It was my first year out at Oaklawn. And they were like, oh, we have free breeding to this horse of ours. He's an Arkansas stallion. So I bred to him and I got my f- first horse who was my heart horse and mm. then I just it just kept going after there I was, found a couple they paid us to breed to the next stallion in Arkansas so I did a couple Arkansas breads and then um, once I had my daughter I kind of decided I was going to stay up here so then I just start, started doing the Indiana bread program okay. and so now both of mine are Indiana breads so I've got a Indiana sired and a an indiana sire colt and a dominus indiana bred philly
2: well i have to say if you're doing plus home breeding i mean that's like a double whammy at times you know it's it's a long game and sometimes it can be fruitful but yeah I mean,
3: yeah like, i've, I've, I've been really busy a bit this year because you have to really like it's just cheaper to buy them at the sale honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's really fun to do the homebreds and it's fun getting your breeders awards. But this last year, my filly, when she was born, she had a condition called dummy gut where her gut wasn't working. So, and she was in Indiana at Breakaway Farm, which is like an hour and a half from my house. So in the middle of the night, Janice, the farm, owner there she calls me and she's like you got to take this baby to the clinic her gut's not working and she's got acid reflux coming out of her nose and so I jump in my truck and trailer and I drive to breakaway I get there about midnight pick up the mare and foal, drive to Hagyard, which is another two hours from there you know I'm there I got home around 4 30 in the morning Um, My baby stayed there for about a week and a half, and that was a nice $10,000 vet (sighs) bill. Ouch. Yeah. 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 And she was a week old. And (laughs) now, because she's alive, I have to also pay my stud fee. So, (sighs) I was like, I could have bought a really nice yearling and saved myself two years of bills for oh. as much as i've got
2: right now but i just keep right.
3: telling
0: well, myself that let's well see. uh cc turn it back to you all right karen let's get down to brass tacks uh, i've been stalking your facebook page <laughs> lucky for you yeah.
3: have
0: you have you been involved in uh, mma in your past
3: i do jujitsu. jitsu
0: jiu-jitsu okay yeah. Are you are you good at it or are you is it just? I like
3: to think I am, but sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail.
0: <laughs> okay, well the reason I ask, we're we're putting together a, a battle royal, like an old time wrestling battle royal. I think we're gonna do like a <laughs> like a cage, like an octagon cage, or maybe just a wrestling ring. We're put it in the middle of Churchill Downs and sell tickets. And we've got three entrants already.
3: Can I pick who I want to?
0: <laughs> Well, we're looking, we're trying to, I'm trying to get 30 people. And we've, we've got Frank Miller and Farron
3: Peterson.
0: And then Brandon is also going to be, he's our third guy. So it, we can put you in at number four.
3: All right. Count me in.
0: You're you're in. Okay. Uh, I don't know how uh, Alan's putting together the details. So, Oh, I am.
1: Well, I guess yeah. we need <laughs> get Chelsea Bailey too, right? Oh, my, yeah,
3: but don't uh, me uh, yeah. put me against Chelsea. Chelsea's my buddy. I don't
1: know. We don't, we don't know her, but we know the rest of them. What is it? Yeah. About- Chelsea's,
3: Chelsea's tough. She's one of my best friends. And, um, when she wanted to learn to gallop, she, um, they people had pointed her in my direction. And so that's how I met her. She wanted to learn to gallop. So she started learning for me. Really? And we just became best friends just, just because we have so much in common. And, uh, we go and we would train at the gym together. And then she did a fight in Tennessee. So my boyfriend, he cornered her because she didn't have a coach and stuff and she's she's tough she's is, really she's really, really scrappy Chelsea what is it about women in them? racing
1: that, that they love the MMA I mean that's awesome but <laughs> it, 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 all those things like that uh Farron's into it and uh, I and mean, you say you do the jujitsu is there other other women who are into that we don't know about in the game Nancy Holtis, she doesn't train, but she's obsessed with
3: the UFC and MMA and stuff like that. So, she knows, like, all, all the stats. Like, I think she probably knows more about MMA than she knows about horse racing.
1: We've had her on before, haven't we, yeah. CC? Yes. I didn't last, know that about her. Last yeah. winter, she did
0: Yeah. She, yeah, I kind of, I think I did know that, as a matter of fact, that she likes. Yeah, she she likes
1: used, I think she
3: used to commentate on MMA. Really? hmm right, Before well, she did the horse know? racing.
1: Uh, so is there anybody else we should get for this? Because we have a pretty good team right now, CC. I think right. we, we could we could win. I some mean,
3: racetrackers in general, anybody that rides or works with horses, you're naturally so much stronger than than normal people. Your grips are super strong, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like I don't know, like, you're resilient, I guess. I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> I mean, well, you scared Brandon off, so right. Brandon's took off. So. He got mad and left. So
3: I remember when I when I first started working at the racetrack, um, when I was working for Todd Pletcher and Michelle Neihai used to gallop for him. Yeah,
1: I know you're talking this about. This is
3: before she was a trainer, and I remember her breaking her ankle and wrapping it up with an ace bandage, and she was like, I can I can ride, I can still ride, you know, because when you're out when you're out of work, you're out yes. of money. Like you don't make any money. So most exercise riders and people on the track will just, you know, you got a broken leg and they're just wrapping it up and like, I, I can still ride. I can still ride.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you ever do
3: that? Pe- yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my God.
3: Wow. I broke my leg and um, I've had a really bad tibia fibula, a compound fracture at Philadelphia park. And I, about I had like this big foam pad that would go around my leg and they put a rod in my leg. So that kind of acted as a cast. I didn't have like a big clunky cast on my leg, and I remember taking it off and and I climbed up a fence and would throw. My, I would like lob myself down on a yearling that I had that I had just broke two weeks before I broke my leg and ride her just because I couldn't stand that riding. But so I was you should put really that on my TikTok. Leg, but I was still God, finding bless. myself horses to ride.
1: <laughs> uh, well do what you love and crazy, you gotta pay the bills right
3: people i blew out both my knees really yep and just wrap wrap it up and go on yep
1: wow good night cc are they tough enough yep. They're I tougher. think the only
3: time i really took a lot of time off for it was um my right knee i had my acl reconstructed i had I, well i got a cadaver acl and so that was that was quite a bit of time
1: but my God, woman. And you're still, and you're still doing a jujitsu with all that.
3: Yeah. I just, um, I blew out my left knee in March. And so I just started getting back into my jujitsu here about two months ago. It's <laughs> it's a good workout. It's good stress relief. Jujitsu is more of a, of a, it's a, you know, they call it human chest. So, it's very mentally stimulating, too. Jiu-jitsu is a lot of fun.
1: Well, well there you go, CC.
0: Well, Karen, just one more question. We'll let you go. Uh, I was, like I said, I was stalking your Facebook page and went back, and I think I found a picture of you in the winter circle with uh, at Belterra <laughs> Park with uh, uh, Kentucky Derby-winning jockey Sonny Leon in the saddle. You're, you're oh, looking at yeah. a picture like that and just think, man, that could be me.
3: Yeah, Sonny, Sonny's – it was so cool to see him and Eric Reed win the Derby because, you know, they're just coming from Ohio. And Eric's got a lot of nice horses. You know, he's got some good owners with some money. But it was just so nice to – it It made you really feel like, hey, I could do that.
1: You can do that too. Exactly. Yes.
0: Nice? I always said that Rich Strike's Kentucky Derby win was uh, – that, that may have been the most important victory – for people like us. Cause that, 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 you know, we've got a shot to mm-hmm. to achieve something like that now. So yeah, I, I, why, yeah. Why not, why not Karen Wittick? Right. And
3: I've always said, Sonny, Sonny is such a great rider. And I always joke about it with uh, one of my owners because his horse, um, he got mad at me one time because I put Sonny on the horse and he was like, I don't know who he is. And I'm like, he's a great rider. He's like the best rider at Belterra park. at like at this time. And I was like, he's super aggressive. And he, he was mad at me. And he was like, he was pissed. And so then after Sonny won the Derby, he just, he would, you know, he was just making fun of himself. And he's like, Oh, that's Sonny Leon. You almost got fired over it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let's think about this for a second. Before we let you go, you in some ways had shaped the winner of this Kentucky Derby. Did you not? 100%. you 100%. Had you oh, not through <laughs> Sonny Leon to Eric Reed, you not only had a, a hand in this year's Kentucky Derby win, but you also, Sonny Leon's ride goes done in lore, right? In, in lore and history, so, and I hear yeah. Jayla crying in the background, but see, oh, she she, she realizes it too. Yeah. Uh, you had I a hand in this year's Kentucky
3: compensated for it.
1: Uh, yes, we need to bring that up, CeCe. We need to get a petition started.
0: Yep. yeah one one
1: percent at least right
3: get on it,
1: it. yeah one could at least uh, pay my pet up.
3: bill to haggard with that
1: <laughs> that's a great i did not realize that but yeah you i mean it's it's funny how this world works out sometimes right yeah so when you see something the own when you see that aerial shot of something they own going up the rail and splitting horses <laughs> you had a that's a small piece of that you karen <laughs> totally me all right,
0: all right karen uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us this evening. Uh, I know we got you got a lot on your plate. We'll let you get back to your life, but uh, good luck with Bodeful and Hemp Heaven and Dream Traveler and all all the rest. Okay. Thank you. All right, that's Karen
1: Wittick everybody.
0: Okay, happy to be joined by Karen Wittick. Uh, that was uh, that was a fun interview.
1: I got to talk to. Her. I want to ask her some other things, man, about being at, growing up in New York, Staten Island. I've never been to Staten Island. I don't really have a desire to go, but I'd like to i i i am curious about it. that's where you know the fairies are and stuff, right, so yeah, yeah, in Monmouth, and so it seems like we have a lot of people who got their start at Monmouth, right, and right, we got their start up there, and she's one of them, so uh and, and apparently she's quite the athlete too and and it seems like there's a long line of women and men in this sport who who could easily kick your ass if you looked at them the wrong way or whatever it sounds like she's in that same vein,
0: <laughs> right,
1: so Brandon has left
0: us, Brandon's Aww. on big yeah he's on baby patrol so we we kicked him out but uh how did you spend new year's eve
1: well i'm 52 years old and i'm married right so uh i spent it here with my wife we don't go out as much anymore and stuff our youngest daughter who was here with us and stuff too and in fairness to my wife and she was okay with this i mean we we do a little drinking over the course of the night and uh Watched Michigan and a good chunk of Michigan and TCU, and was an amazing football game. And then of course Georgia and Ohio State. And I, admittedly, I fell asleep before Georgia made their comeback, so I didn't know who won until the next day. But I like Georgia, so uh, they, those, those, those college football playoffs. Say what you want, and there's a lot to criticize about college football at, at that high level, but uh, those games were wildly entertaining, were they not?
0: They were the, the biggest revelation for me in the past several years is that they've placed these playoff games on new year's Eve, which is my least favorite holiday. New, I, I don't care about the party scene.
1: It's, it's overrated a bit. Yeah. And yeah, when you get older, particularly,
0: and it's generally cold, it wasn't cold this time, but generally the
1: fireworks going off and shit and scaring yeah. your beagle. Like we have here.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I, but I, I, I enjoy those games a lot. Usually, you know, although some of the last few years, I think they've been some blowouts looking at you, Notre Dame. <laughs> but uh yeah that was uh that was a good and then the 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 uh the final kick the final field goal attempt that uh, went off right at uh midnight was pretty pretty awesome and yeah, yeah uh, that's
1: that was, a, was amazing
0: that was a a, a fitting in to 2022 a missed field goal a failure
1: and with the the football thing in mind we should mention for the buffalo bills right i mean it's Uh, tomorrow, prayers for tomorrow. I mean, we're not just saying this. I mean, that was absolutely tragic, gut wrenching, heartbreaking in so many ways. And, you know, add us to that list that, uh, just seems like a wonderful guy. It shouldn't happen to anybody, but my God, um, just scary as all get out, right?
0: Yeah, shocking to say the least. I mean, I was looking forward to that football game all weekend between the Bengals and the Bills. As as I'm a huge Bengals fan. But uh, that, uh, and, and when the when the injury happened, I wasn't paying much attention. I was having a conversation with you all about yes. our betting strategies, and, and then all I heard, I, I I think I looked on Twitter and I saw they were administering CPR to him, and I was like, that's, oh, that's a new one.
1: Yeah, and, you you told me about it. I had, and then I went and turned the game back on, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And was that
0: uh, incredible. That's just something you don't you don't expect to see. Right.
1: A lot of things floating around and stuff. wherever. the NFL, I don't know if the NFL did the right thing. I don't. I'm not going to get into all that judgment stuff. People like to do that. I just, at the end of the day, let's just hope that uh, Demar Hamlin and um, recovers. I don't know what the latest is. We've been doing this for a half. Something may have changed since we started doing this, but uh, he seems like a wonderful guy and just, just, just awful. And it's, it is just a game, folks. It really is. At the end of the day, you always got to keep that in mind. So uh, prayers out to him, but. Anything and, else we wanted to
0: touch on? Yeah, before we close out, we gotta give a shout out to our buddy Sarah Hamilton who won. Oh my
1: God, is she on fire? Yeah, she's she won on. A
0: stakes, her first stakes of her young career. I mean, hasn't been in the game more than well, as a trainer for for 18 months, maybe something like that, 19 months, and she's already earned her first stakes victory at uh, Turfway, but via DQ. Yeah, when,
1: it was uh, a bit of a the drip, BG warrior drifted out and Lily's yeah. family got
0: Lily's for but a Philly that she gave out on our show last winter.
1: Yeah. And here it is now last one or last two starts and convinced the the maiden win was convincing, but we're, we don't want to just f- focus on the stakes win for Sarah this day. Cause every two year old she puts out is firing. And, and when I say firing, is running big time. She ran second at about 20 or 31 at the horse she told us about last week. Against a really good field, there was a Jedmont, a Cox Jedmont horse in there, well-bred horse, a few others in there, and it took a Wesley Ward Kent Sormo monster to beat that horse. I'm telling you, man, when Sarah Hamilton puts out a two-year-old, you better you better be paying attention, because you know the way betters are, they're going to bet the names, and they're not they're going they're not going to bet the yeah. lesser names. And I mean, I don't have any second-place finishes at giant odds. She's had this meet with nice young horses. That means there's wins coming their way too, right?
0: Yeah. So right.
1: Uh, she's and when she tells what tells us one's good they're good uh she knows her she knows her stuff so hats off to sarah
0: indeed okay let's wrap this up uh episode number 130 want to thank karen wittick uh we want to show our our gratitude to our brandon jaggers for gracing us for 12 minutes
1: (laughs) yes thank you brandon
0: yeah thanks a lot pal And uh, so we'll, we'll sign off here. So on behalf of Alan Schneider, I'm CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.